It is time for the Athletic Aesthetic Podcast here tonight from Suite 812 inside the Diamond Building alongside Trey and Vinny. I'm Josh Getzoff. That go. was hey. a remarkable. That's it. There you Cut go. the camera. <laughs> hey. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Athletic Aesthetic Podcast. Uh, my name is Vinny. I'm your host. Super excited about today's episode. We have Josh Getzoff from the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's right. The voice of the Pens is here in the studio. Uh, me and my boy Trey sat down and talked to him about everything that goes into becoming a broadcaster, his favorite moments as a broadcaster for the Pens. Um, we actually redesigned a, a Penguin jersey with him, so we'll mock that up. you got to check that out on our Instagram and TikTok. All the social media is at Athletic Aesthetic Pod. Um, and, you know, while you're here, like, share, subscribe. We really appreciate you guys helping us grow this show. Uh, we have some really cool things coming up, and we want you to be a part of that. So the best way to stay in the loop is to be subscribed. So please hit that subscribe or rate and review this. If you listen on Spotify, iTunes, or any of the podcast apps, please rate and review. That's what helps get us to the top of everybody's feed so we could we keep doing some cool things with this show. In the meantime, cop some merch at uh, vc2art.com slash AA merch. We got some new hats up on the site. You can see we got the patches. We got the t-shirts. Trey actually designed this t-shirt. Go show him some love. Cop some merch. Really helps us keep things going here with the show. And uh, shout out to our sponsors, The Pavement Group. Uh, without them, honestly, this show does not happen in the capacity that it does on a weekly uh, weekly basis. So shout out to everybody that works there. We love you guys. And um, that's it, man. We got a great episode today. So without without any further ado, let's get to it. Episode 25. Let's get it. So we're uh, we're glad to have you in here, man. I was I was talking to Kickler the other day, and we were doing an episode up here, and he was like, "Dude, what about Josh Getzoff? Would you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, dude. <laughs> Text him now." Like, <laughs> he's like, "Would you like to have him on the episode?" I'm like. Of course. So cool, glad man. we could, you know, make this work. And uh, Trey is excited, too. Very excited, man. Very excited. I can say I'm very excited because, one, I hear your voice all the time. I just <laughs> didn't know what you looked like. Yeah. I ain't even going to lie to you. You're the first person to say that. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's going to be an older gentleman. It's going to be all right. Then I see you. I'm like, we are the same age. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Well, That's perfect. How old are you? Me 34. 34? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so you started with the Penguins in 2017? 2015. 2017 yeah. was your first first year kind of stepping into Mike's chair a little bit because okay. Mike Lang like started the skill back as travel that year. So what was your role then the first two years? I was doing like the pregame uh, intermission postgame on the radio. Okay. And then any like Penn's TV stuff. So like if we were covering stories, if it was like pregame reports, all those kind of things like kind of like a catch-all position, but like mainly geared towards the radio on game days and game nights and all okay. that stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Dude, what a time to come in <laughs> to the Penguins. And Talk about that it. That was the back-to-back -back years, right? Yeah, no, I wasn't thinking that in the beginning because in the very beginning, Mike Johnston was still here. Oh, and I yeah. like walked in, I'm like, oh, this team's loaded. Like we got Crosby, we got Malkin, Phil Kessel's here, Chris Letang. Killing like, it. Team's loaded. <laughs> and then they were just like brutal coming out of the gate that year <laughs> and mike johnson got fired uh mm -hmm. like right around christmas mike sullivan comes in yeah things I turn mean, around you know the rest is history i mean it was unbelievable like that team was i will say this like when you come in and you see a team like that and you're around those guys like we are we're lucky enough in our positions to be around them all right. the time you root for them as guys more so than as a team right and there was a lot of guys that like made up a good team there mm. and you can see why they won you could see why they go back to back and then at the same token, as like the years go by, you kind of miss some of that 
element that you had on those championship teams. Like you see why teams that win are so special when you're around them in those kind of right. settings. And those teams, I mean, obviously they were, but they were special groups. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool, man. I, I, I want to rewind a little bit here, too, because, like, I don't want to just jump right into your, your time with the Pens because yeah. I'm interested in just learning about you. And, and what we do on this show is it's the tagline is where art and sports connect through conversation. So I like to look at people in sports um, or in the creative world and find that bridge to the other side. So, like, with commentary, it's, it's an art form in itself. And so, like, you know, growing up, what were some of the things, what were some of the ways that you expressed yourself creatively um, before you found your passion for, uh, you know, commentary? So I was, I mean, I was always really into sports. Like, I feel like a lot of young kids are. Like, you always think you're going to go pro in a, sp in a sport. For me, it was always hockey. Like, that's okay. what I always wanted to play pro. Kind of realized when I was, like, 12 and not making the travel teams that were getting scouted <laughs> that that was not happening for me. Uh, but, it, you know, I, I, I always wanted to get involved in some way in sports. So, like, it started with just wanting to be an athlete. Then when I realized that that probably wasn't going to happen, it started with, okay, how can I be involved and not be the athlete? And the first thing that came to mind then, I mean, we're only, you know, we're young here, right. but like the newspaper was still a thing when we were little. Back in the day. So yeah, right. Like the kids nowadays, they don't even know what the hell that is. Like they're, they're looking at their phones and all it's that stuff. It's a dying art. That's yeah. What we call that. <laughs> it is a dying art. Radio is not, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Let them know again. <laughs> but I will say that, um, like, so I, that was my thing. Like I'd get the, the sports page, I'd read through it. And I used to write stories like off the stuff that I would read, like, but in my own word of mouth wow. type of thing like I guess that was my first way of expressing it and another thing I would do a lot honestly is I had like little tape recorders we still have them back in my house like I grew up in the Philly area don't hold it against me yeah. but uh, I'm not gonna hold it too too yeah, much yeah, against you that's the end of the podcast <laughs> Cut it. get them out of here yeah. <laughs> <We'll see>. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh you know so I, I have a couple recorders back in my house from like calling just random stuff like it could be like, I, I still remember there's like this random Vanderbilt, Northern Illinois college football game. I, no idea who I'm calling. I'm just calling them like number 10, number seven, like all this stuff. But I'm calling the game. And that was like kind of what I started doing, like as far as realizing that I really like doing broadcasting and like doing the play-by-play -play right. aspect in particular. So I would say those were two of the like, first kind of signs for me that I was like, all right, this is something I really enjoy doing. How can I take it? further and how can I continue to grow with it wow man that's crazy so you really took your art to a whole nother level man and you actually participated in things that gave you the opportunity so my question to you is you went to college of course right yeah. mm -hmm. what school did you go to I went to Ithaca College in New York Ithaca yeah you might remember it from road trip that's <laughs> a, yeah uh, you yeah, know what yeah that's what I was like that's a why do I know that when name? did that movie yeah. come out Tom Green was not in my class but uh, it was no, it was uh, that was that movie came out like mid 90s, I want right. to say. Yeah, and it's I funny, it so the early 2000s or late 90s or something, but yeah, yeah. And they they based it off Ithaca College, where I went to school. Which I mean, there's a lot of guys that smoke weed there, like that's just what it is, like it's a, it's very popular in the Finger Lakes, like that area, like a real good pocket for it. Um, but that was kind of what they did in that in that movie, it was like you know, a lot, a lot of humor based off yeah. that, but it was actually shot at the University of Oregon. Wow. Really? Um, so a lot of times when people come to Ithaca, like when my friends would visit me up there, they're like, where's that one place where the scene, I'm like, not here. It really? doesn't happen here, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's where I went to school. So uh, the, you, the one from road trip. Yeah. How did you find that school? It's similar kind of deal. Like I just wanted to find a place where I could do broadcasting. I could okay. jump in. Like it was what I always wanted to do. Like I feel very fortunate that I've been able to kind of be not on a streamlined path, but like I didn't have to divert myself away from what I really love doing to get to where I want to be now. 
Um, but like when I was looking at opportunities growing up, like I liked school, I, I, I knew I wanted to go to college. I knew I wanted to go to communications program somewhere. I initially thought I wanted to go to a bigger school like a Penn State, uh, you know, I like Michigan State, like some of those Big Ten type schools. But like I went and visited Ithaca and it was small. It's like a 4,000 person, you know, 9,000 undergraduates, but like 3,000-ish per class. Right. And you got hands-on day one. You're like walking in, you're doing some radio broadcasting, you're doing, and even if it's like a radio update of like the traffic in the area. Mm -hmm. But you were getting your hands wet and diving headfirst into mm -hmm. it right away. And like, to me, that was important because I was like, I like this, but I don't really know what I'm doing. And I looked at it as I got four years to kind of just do everything. Like, right. and I did everything. It was like field hockey, like women's volleyball, men's basketball, football, like anything I could do, I was calling. Cause I just didn't want to take anything that I, you know, I didn't want to miss an opportunity to get right. myself a little bit better in the process. And I feel like it, it paid dividends in that sense. Cause it made it just kind of reaffirm for myself. Like this is really what I want to do. Right. Like, this is what I want to make a career out of. And now it's about, you know, moving forward from that experience. That's a blessing, man. Do you, you feel like if now, though, like, so hearing you say you've covered a, you know, a range of sports, do you feel like you could confidently step into any sport now because you cover hockey? Like, hockey has to be the hardest, in my opinion, I would sport agree. to, yeah. it's nonstop. It's funny you say that. Like, I, I agree. I, I mean, I think, so when I'm done calling a game, like, we'll get on the bus afterwards, and I, like, sit down, and I'm just like, like, it's a workout, because you're like, I, call, I actually kind of call it, like, it's kind of weird to say, but I almost call it like a meditation when you're calling a game, because mm. you're so zeroed in on the game, even the though float. it's not necessarily calm. Mm -hmm. Like, you're, there. you guys could, like, throw stuff at me, like, I'm not even going to react. It's, like, totally zoned into what I'm seeing on the ice, and following the puck, and following the action, like, following the flow of the game, with my voice, and Come all that on. stuff. Yeah, but it's, it's just a, I don't know, it's just kind of always been something that I've, looked at it as when I'm calling a game, I just get locked in in that aspect and I'm not really dialed into anything else. Like phones on do not disturb. There's nothing that's happening yeah. that's going to distract me. But to your question, like I feel like in a weird way, I've always had the most respect for baseball broadcasters. Now I feel like things change now with them having the pitch clock and everything. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. been like with that Pirates game the other night, it was like two and a half hours. Like the sun was still up when the game ended. That's but, usually never happens. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, you're talking three plus like guaranteed. <laughs> but I, like to me, I've always been amazed by baseball broadcasters being able to sit there and just tell stories, yeah. but keep it somewhat engaging and entertaining every night, like 162 out of 365, That's you're true. working and calling a game. <laughs> like I got 82. And I wish there were more, like sometimes there are not this year, but right. like sometimes there are with the playoffs and stuff. But, you know, you, you even on back to back, sometimes you're like, all right, like we talked about this last night. Right. Like We talked about that. We got to find all new angles like those guys are doing it every day. So I just yeah. I give them a ton of credit. Um, but, I, you know, I feel like I could step into any sport and kind of hold my own. But I'm definitely happy with what I'm doing right now. That's awesome. So yeah. who was a who was a commentator that you looked up to growing up? Yeah, so I, like I said, I grew up in the Philly area, but um, Harry Callis was the, the Phillies broadcaster. He was kind of like, uh, like a cross between like Myron Cope and Bob Prince here, like <laughs> definitely a personality, definitely like to have some fun, but like was the voice of so many generations right. and like big moments, and he was the Phillies guy. And I've always kind of been a nerd with the radio. Like, I love the baseball on the radio. Okay. I'll pop it into my car while I'm driving around. If it's, like, during a game, I find it. I listen to it. Even if it's teams I don't care about. Like, that's something I'm always into. So 
he was the baseball on the radio guy for yeah. me, especially when I was really young. Like we'd be driving with my family wherever we'd be going in the summer and just have him on. He had this like real deep, crisp voice and like <laughs> just had great command over the game. And um, he called games until I was a sophomore in college and then he passed away. But he was definitely a guy like that was that was probably whenever anyone asks, that's the first guy that comes to mind. Like I never wanted to be like him. Right. And I, I've said that here too, like with Mike Lang, I'm sure we'll get to that. But like, I never wanted to be like anybody, but I've definitely taken inspiration for how guys handle themselves and the impact they have like in their position. And his was like, yeah. in the Philly area, there's, there's no one revered higher. I got a question for both of you because you're very, very good at this, believe it or not. So it's a compliment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a great compliment. It's a little backhanded, but it's a great compliment. I knew there was going to be some sort of backhanded. <laughs> nah, but like, Artist, commentary, athlete, doesn't matter. We all have a flow state, right? Mm -hmm. So explain to the, to the crowd, the audience that we have that do watch this podcast and listen to this podcast, what is it like in your personal flow state? Because you said the phone's off, you can't hear nothing, you can't see nothing, you're just focused on the game. I know Vinny said, he said, bro, I could sit there for hours and not even realize I've been on this painting for hours. Yeah. And then as an athlete, they talk about 100,000 fans. I'm like, when, where? <laughs> I didn't even pay attention to them. You know right. what I mean? There's sometimes you hear them, but you barely do. Because yeah. you're so locked in. So express both of you on, on what your flow state's like. You want to go first? Yeah, I mean, we, we actually talked about this briefly the other day, so I'm glad you brought it up. But, yeah, I, I feel like um, it's, it's for me, I struggle to control when I can tap into that flow state. So for you, I have another level of respect because when that buzzer goes, you got to be locked in. Where for me, like, I'm like, I'm just not locked in right now. So I'm going to scroll on Instagram for like 20 minutes. And yeah, then yeah. like when I feel that inspiration kick in, then I'm like right. jet stream. I'm like, I'm in it. You know, it might be 3 a.m., but I'm in it. But like for you, it's a different kind of you got to you got to really. So actually, I maybe you can help me. <laughs> How do you get yourself prepared uh, to get into that jet stream when you need to. So we have like with the radio, it's there is kind of as you mentioned, there's almost like a cadence of going into it because we have the programming in our ears. You have a pregame show on, like say it's a seven o'clock game. We have our pregame show on until like six fifty-five. Then there's a commercial break, and we know what's coming to us out of that. So like six fifty-five-ish is when I'm kind of like for a normal game, I'm kind of getting into that state of like okay, it's going to come to us in three four minutes. Phil Bork and I are going to take it up until the national anthem. Then we take a commercial break. Then the puck drops and it's on. Mm. So it's like um, we try. Phil and I try to set the tempo right off the bat with just a, 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 kind of an engaging conversation about various topics that are going to feature in that game that night. Um, what they used to do is they would just come to him and he would have a bunch of stats. And then when I took over for Mike, I think we found that a lot of us, a lot of our conversation was, was good. Like it was just natural, kind of like we're having now generic, like not generic, like organic. Right. And uh, it flowed really well and it kind of set the table for the game. So that's kind of how, mm. at least in my mind, that to me, I wouldn't say I'm totally locked in when that's happening because it's just a free flowing conversation. I'm honestly not even watching the ice. Mm -hmm. Like if you're the ice, I'm sitting here looking at Trey like yeah, this right. and I'm not, like it's not even in my mind yet. But when we break and then we're standing for the anthem, like I do the same thing every time. I, I close my eyes and I take three quick breaths, uh, not quick, three real <laughs> deep breaths to the point that if my like, mouth is too close to the mic, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> when I was editing our, my own podcast, that was the one thing that I, 
I was so excited to like get rid of was having to listen to myself breathe or like if you had a stuffy nose <laughs> oh, yeah. and you get that like whistle when yep. you breathe in. <laughs> and like, you can't, once you hear it once, you can't nod. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, everyone hears this. Meanwhile, it's just you because you're editing. It. Right. Anyways, I mean to interrupt. My bad. No, no, I, I feel you with that. But like, so I'll do that. And then kind of when I come out of that, like the first time I did that, I remember thinking like if someone were to look up in the booth right now, they'd be like, what the hell is he doing? Like, because I'm just like sitting there, standing there with my eyes closed, like take a deep breath. But then like once I come out of that, I'm like ready. Mm. And to your point, you know, some night you, you got a cold. Sometimes you're not feeling good. Like there's stuff going on, but like you got to just be ready at that point. So like that's kind of that. how I program myself. Like then we come back. I bring it back. It's usually the starting goalies. And then I have like a sponsor read before the puck drop. With radio, we do have to, like, I take this seriously that you have to say, look, where are your eyes and ears? So, like, the Penguins are wearing their black home jerseys tonight with the black socks, black helmets. Like, the Flyers are wearing their road whites with the red, or, you know, the orange shoulders and the black, like, right. that kind of thing. Like, so you get a little bit of an image in your head, and yeah. then I'm doing the puck drop, and then it's like. Dude, I love that good. when radio people describe the, the uniform, because for me, that's like my thing. <laughs> no so when they do that, I'm like, oh, okay. I can actually, because I have a very photographic memory. So yeah. when you do stuff like that, it really helps me paint the picture of what I'm listening to. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I've been, I was telling him, like, we, we initially we were going to maybe start off with this, but I, I forgot about it. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I was curious. Yeah. Uh, two questions. We'll start with this, okay? Yeah. To get going, what is your top three uh, Penguin jerseys of all time? Mm. All right, that, that's a great question. Uh, so I was going to actually tell a story. You kind of put it in my head, but I'll tell it because it's my favorite one. I'll start okay. from one and go down to three. So the Penguins came back, I think it was last year, with the Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> we're in the booth before the game, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, how am I going to describe this? I'm like, the Pittsburgh, like, block letters. They go from the right shoulder to the left hip. You may remember it. And I'm like, from the 90s? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just going to be myself here. I was like, you may remember this from uh, Snoop Dogg wearing this in the Gin and Juice music video. That's exactly what jerseys they have on it. Phil Borg looks at me like, what? And I'm like, trust me, that's going to resonate. And like, and people know, like, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, though, whoa. when you hear that. Uh, but that's my favorite jersey. I yeah. love that Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. If you're going to mention Snoop Dogg, you got to give me a little line from that song. <laughs> no, I, I need no, to hear that. that I need laid back. Okay. I got some stuff okay. in there. But yeah, dude, actually, it's really funny you say that because yeah. it's the best way to describe that jersey. I was, yeah. uh, I did a pair of cleats last year for um, Ray Ray McLeod okay. when he went to, um, actually, this was still when he was with the Steelers. And he said he wanted to do like a Snoop pair from like that music video. And yeah. I'm like, bro, you have to do the portrait of him wearing the, the, the Pittsburgh jersey. Yeah. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, Dog, oh, this so he just be... wanted it, but didn't realize like yeah. The, oh, man. And he, I was like, dude, the connection. And then we ended up going in a different route with the cleats, anyways. But yeah. I've, I've been wanting to do that on a pair of cleats. Ever you might since as well, then. bro. Just do it. Do it. Some custom shoes for games this year from you. Hey, I'm ready. See, the one thing I appreciate from both of you, from a whole different standpoint, because I was an athlete. I don't yeah. really know much about being in an infinite perspective that you're currently in. But the one thing that we talk about a lot here is that the athlete never leaves, right? And I could see that athlete side of you coming back out from when you played hockey, right? Yeah. Before you get into the game to commentate. Like, yeah. you're locking in, you're taking the time, you're taking deep breaths. So I always talk about, on occasions, like, we talk about good anxiety. Yeah. Everything has a good and a bad. Everything, a yin and a yang. Game anxiety can be good or it can be terrible. Right. Because when you feel that anxiousness, you settle yourself down. You lock yourself in. 
And then when it hits, I'm in the game. You can't take me out. Yep. And I love that. Like, that's the one thing I can say I miss more than anything. Even doing this sometimes. Like, before we go, sometimes I feel myself being anxious, depending on the, who the person is that yeah. we're, we're talking to. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're you. <laughs> You're in the game. So get locked in. Right. And I'm like, wow. Like, this is me going back to the field. Yeah. My boy Vinny, I'm going to have him tell you about it, bro. But he's had this dream that I really resonated with growing up because it was like, wow. Like, we've all felt that to some extent. Tell him about the, tell him about the dream. It's your dream. I ain't yeah. going to steal it from you. No, I mean, <laughs> I've told it a couple of times, like before, like when it was just me on the podcast, I actually think I said this in the intro. So if you guys have been listening for a while, you may have heard the story, but the dream is like, just to make it short, I basically like, I'm getting ready for a game. It's the game of my life. I'm so excited for it. It's like the whole town's coming out. I'm in high school. Sometimes I'm in college, but I'm, it's very real and I'm getting ready. I go down, warm ups, fans going nuts. My song's on this, you know, loudspeakers. I'm ready to go. I can't find my helmet or I can't find my gloves or I can't find my cleats or something crazy. I can't I don't have a jersey on. It's got my shoulder pads. And I don't realize until right before kickoff. So I run up to the locker room trying to find it. I'm sorting through everything. There's been times where I've literally went to Dick's Sporting Goods in my dream <laughs> to try to get another pair of gloves real quick. And I'll be like, oh, I'll be back before the second half. And I get back and I might come back and like right when I step foot onto the field, wake up. And it's been this tormenting nightmare that I haven't had in maybe like a couple months now. But yeah, for yeah, forever. And now you're in the game, history. baby. Yeah, so he you're always reminds me. He's like, all right, it's game time. You got to step in. Now. I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> I guys. love that, man. Yeah. yeah, that's real. That's good. Yeah, it's I, good I like stuff. That. It's the truth, we, man. we help each other out a lot in life, man. So this podcast has been a blessing in my life for sure. So. I but believe it. I want to get back to your list. Yeah, You less, gave number okay. one. So, so, yeah, so that's so your top all time. When they came back with that, I was pumped because like yeah. then you get to see it in person like get to see Sid wear it which was cool yeah. like those guys they weren't a part of that first round um second favorite it's just the classic road jersey right now the classic white with like that black and gold so like clean. it's just it's clean yeah it's clean like, when they hit the ice on the road like especially when like they'll play Chicago or they'll play Montreal like those other classic jerseys yeah if you like that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and you're like into the uniforms and the colors they just pop mm. down at the yeah. ice so it's it's great to see um I would say so I, I don't dislike the Robo Penguin. I know everyone has like a thought on it. I just don't really feel strongly one way or the other on it. I do like, and I wish they would go back to them once, but I don't think they ever will again, uh, were those Winter Classic jerseys this Ooh. year. Dude, they were like, when they first told us, so we get- The we cream get ones? Like they were like the- uh, Yeah, the cream with the P. With the, the P, which yeah. Which was you know, supposed to be the Pittsburgh Pirates, but yep. like, um, like the first hockey team here. But like a lot of people were confused by it when it first came out. But like when, and especially when they told us, they're like, mm. "Oh, we're, we're designing these jerseys based off the Pirates." And I was like, "Like, <laughs> what?" Right? Because <laughs> like, you know, Pittsburgh Hornets. I always thought that would be kind of a cool thing to pay homage to. But yeah. um, those jerseys were awesome. And then they, you know, they had little details that I think it was kind of hard to see um, on TV. But if you ever look at them in person, like just the keystone yeah. on there, like Sid C has a keystone around it. Like it's kind of a cool jersey and a different right. concept like it's not something you look at and see penguins but like i'll tell you like being on the road this year that may have been aside from the standard penguin jersey that may have been the most prevalent jersey i saw really? which like speaks to kind of what i'm talking about people yeah. like that jersey and like yeah. it's one game did but they people wear going yellow how was that yellow yeah. i that's the one thing yeah. i'd change yeah. i would go black helmet with that i agree something man because yeah, that's not it was, that wasn't yeah, it i don't know that was especially it. when you're playing the bruins like they're the same colors you got it and the Bruins, the Bruins were clean too. Like yeah. that may have been the best Jersey Winter Classic matchup ever. Like you, those were two good ones. I think hockey's probably like 
it's got to be the top sport for like jerseys and mix over. Oh yeah, like NBA basketball jerseys you could wear. You know, make a but like hockey, you get a clean hockey jersey. Yeah. In your outfit, that, that thing you can swag like, a clean hockey jersey. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a clean hockey jersey yeah. though, bro. You can put long sleeves. Like you can put it together. You can put it together. All right, so now we're going to move into my favorite segment. Right. It's called the uniform segment. Okay, right. so this is spelled right. uniform like Y-O-U. So you get to des- oh, okay. design me a penguin uniform or maybe just a jersey. Okay. So you could go helmet color. Well, you know, if you got a logo on it or something, give me an inspiration for the jersey. And then if you want to get freaky with the pants, go for that <laughs> get too. Get freaky. You could get with the jersey. I mean, I might as well, right? You might yeah. as well, man. And we'll mock it up and we'll see what it looks like. All right, let's see here. So we'll start from the helmet, you said? Sure. All right, I, I think you got to go black. Okay. Like To me, black is the just the clean color for all, especially when you got the lights of the ceiling popping down, it always lets it go. Um, I wouldn't do a whole lot to it. I mean, I know now they have like the sponsor stickers and everything all yeah, over. Yeah, pretend like those don't exist. Okay. So, all right, that's good to know. All Unless right. you want to put an athletic aesthetic sponsor logo on there. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe you could drop that, like, right here. Pavement group, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I would do – I like. so I've always liked the eye of the penguin. It's Ooh. a subtle P. I don't know if you ever noticed that. Like, the, the P in it the penguin. It goes like this. It kind of is, like, upside down, but it is a P. Wow. Never realized that. So I kind of always thought that would be kind of cool on either side. It's just like an eye looking at you. Mm. Um, so sticking with that like That's current good. logo, but That's using hard. those. Okay. All right. Then the jersey, got to go tie up. To me, the tie up is the sickest look. Like I, I love you. that. And by tie up, I mean you got the tie up, but you're not actually tying. Yeah. Right. Like, you got to let them hang. Yeah, you let them hang. Um, I love that look. Uh, I would go probably like those Robo Penguin jerseys from the 90s when they had the uh, – just the like kind of like the slanted triangles coming out on the sides. Yep. That is where they messed up these current ones. They didn't come back with those. Mm. Yeah. Like if they would have came back with those this year, I it, think it would have it rounds, right? To match. It kind of looked like Adidas Bruins cut. jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was weird. The first time they came on the ice that we were in Buffalo, I remember, and looking down, I'm like, said to Phil, I was like, Who what team does this remind you of? He's like, Boston. I'm like, Yeah, man, like it's not that there, see? Yeah. Yeah, we got it. That's so, yeah. It. So, that it does have a little bit of the strike. Need, but I, yeah, but when they wear it with the shoulder pads, it makes it feel a little more round. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But, yeah, man, that the Robo Penguin is good. I don't know. <laughs> now that I'm looking at it, that is a nice one. That is a nice one. The uh, Adidas. Oh, here, throw yeah. that over here. Adidas, no more. Now it's Fanatics. I know, man. Wait, for real? Yeah, that's of this year yeah. coming up. Yeah. For real. I had yeah. no idea. Adidas. This is like the last run of Adidas here. So I'm wrong. I, I'll own that. This I didn't realize this did kind of do a triangle deal. It was way more aggressive in the older ones, though. Like, it came oh, all yeah. the way down to here. Granted, that was the 90s. Like, yeah, everything different. was wild. Yeah. But <laughs> Facts. Kick just pulls out a Penn's jersey out of nowhere. Yeah, that was awesome. It's the swag. <laughs> Tell him, Kick. Man, I don't know about the jer- the the main logo, though. Like, I kind of like the, the P of the Winter Classic. Yeah. But in some way incorporating it with the current logo. Like, I don't know if... Maybe, maybe the maybe the hockey stick is the Pittsburgh P. That's a good one. Like you slant it a little bit, and it's still. The, oh, here's one thing I would do for sure. All due respect to the uh, where the three rivers meet. I would get rid of that. I just like the penguin. I've seen a lot of looks of just the penguin with the current logo, but right. just the penguin Wait, without the confluence that, in the background. I'm even lost on what you meant by that. So you know how the penguin, like the so the current logo. You have, like, the penguin in front of the, the, tri- the upside-down right. triangle, the confluence. And it's, like, if you take that upside-down triangle away, it's just the penguin. Like, I have a hat that's just the right. penguin. Right, but what does that have to do with the rivers? 
Isn't that what the three rivers? Oh. Yeah, I think that's what it is with the triangle behind See, it. you would know more than I me. I didn't even know that. I'm a new hockey guy. Like, yeah. I'm new. I'm, I'm pretty right? sure that. Now, I might be wrong. <laughs> I'm the second guessing, but I'm pretty sure that's what it means. Hey, it is what it is now. Yeah. Josh Getzoff said it. I said it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll fall off a cliff on that one if I'm wrong. But, uh, but yeah, like that one, uh, like I've always, I, I just felt like it's it's cool. I get the purpose of it. Yeah. But I would just let the penguin sit by himself okay. and see how it plays. Uh, they actually did do that on the stadium series jerseys against the Flyers like, a few years back, and it was just the Penguins. Yeah, I remember that. Like, I like that. I think that's cool. Um, and maybe the stick could be the P. Like, and now, the, this is a black jersey or white? This is a... Or cream. Ooh, ooh that cream is crazy, though. The cream is nice. Uh, this is probably white. I just like okay. the white. White, with the, but with the black triangles going mm, like mm. all the reverse yeah. retro or whatever yeah, they yeah. call it yeah the reverse retro they need to hire you Vinny, because once <laughs> you make this one they're gonna be like yeah this, this that's all him bro i'm just doing the, i'm just pushing the buttons over here <laughs> now i go black pants the stripe though that's where you come in out a little funky town a little, okay. little gold okay where you haven't seen yet on the jersey Ooh. just come in with the gold okay um and then the pants go back to the white socks with a black stripe here single okay. stripe uh, and I think I mean, right, I, it's not super complicated, but I think it would look pretty sick. I like that. Uh, dude, I'm excited to mock this out. Yeah, I, I hope I can actually execute this. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> hey, do they do custom, like, ice skates? Is you that know a thing? what? Uh, they do. Yeah, they've had a couple. So they've had some, like, uh, it's not like my cause, my cleats type thing, but it's like uh, certain times of year, though. Like, hockey fights cancer. They have a big thing in November. Uh, I think there's like organ donation month where some guys will wear like green on their skates and stuff. Huh. I've never seen a total mock-up though, like of a skate. I've seen them done, I should say, but I've never seen them worn in a game. Mm. Like you'd have to look it up, but Austin Matthews of Toronto, he's actually had a couple like, okay. Toronto has like a, it's like kind of a children's hospital mm -hmm. deal. They call it sick kids in Toronto, but he had like some kind of initiative with them where he had half his skate done up with it. Oh, with cool. It was really cool. Like, so there have been things done, but it's not as nearly as frequent as it is in the NFL. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. hmm. <laughs> there might be a new yeah. thing going on here. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Thanks for participating in our silly little segments <laughs> hey, here. I'm happy but I, to do I it. had to get, you know, I, I feel like if anybody that stares at a team for hours on end would have An idea. a thought of a uniform, it would be you. I know. I hope I did it justice. I no, I, I think it's going to be dope. All right, cool. No, sure. All right. I got a question. Yeah. Because he was going to ask this question, but he forgot to ask this question, so I'm going to ask this question again. <laughs> um, it's frequent. <laughs> it is really the concussions, bro. We both got them. It's understandable. Yeah, that's why you're here. You know what I mean? Um, what's three games that you've commentated that are your favorite games you've ever commentated? Oh, that's a good one. See that? That is a Thanks. good one. Well done. So I stole that from five. him, by the way. Okay. I want you to know right. that it's not my question. Trey, great question. Right. Okay, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just passing. Uh, uh, I don't care as long as it's asked. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, dang, three three games. Oof. There's been some fun ones. Like so, honestly, even though they lost the Winter Classic this year, like that's up there for me. That's probably in my top three. One, like Borky and I were on the first baseline at Fenway Park calling a hockey game. Yeah, dude. That's like, cool. We were in the that, that was just freaking awesome. Like, that's cool. I remember walking around the field before the game because like we had like full access, and I'm like, this is like unreal. Like this is Fenway Park. Like there's the Green Monster. And I don't know if you guys remember, it was like 55 degrees that day. Yeah. So like it wasn't cold. You weren't really like feeling the temperatures or anything. And like to be that close and see like Sid and Bergeron go toe to toe for like what may have been the last time, mm -hmm. like, cause Bergeron didn't play when they came here at the end of the year. Like that was pretty cool. You see Pasternak up close, like to see the Pens guys up close. Like 
I mean, it was because we have the perspective of great, like a great angle on the ice. We're yeah. always like close to center ice, but you know, we're 150, 200 feet up in the air to be four feet from the boards, like was, was unbelievable. It was really cool. Uh, it gives you an appreciation for how fast it is too. So like, even though they lost, that one's probably up there. Also like kind of just on the sappy side, like my son and my wife were at that game too. She's from Boston originally. So like they got tickets right when they went That's on cool. sale. So like to have them there and like my in-laws were at the game, like it was just kind of a cool like family sure. moment. Um, I'd say there was a game this past year uh, actually, it ended up being one of the best games of the season for the Penguins. Uh, there weren't a lot of them, obviously. <laughs> um, but it also ended up being a game that went viral unintentionally. Well, I don't know if you guys saw that GoPro video of me and Phil Bork in the booth. They had a GoPro wow. in the booth. So this year, they started putting a GoPro in the booth a couple of games. It's going to be way more frequent next year. Um, and like S&T Bank, our sponsors with the radio network, like we're all in on it. And basically, like, they record us, and you forget it's there. Like, the GoPro's, like, this big. It's sitting oh, in between shit. you. So <laughs> there's, this, know where this is <laughs> there's this great clip. Like, so the Penguins were up 3 nothing in this game. And they had to win, basically, to stay alive. This is, like, late March mm -hmm. in this season. Uh, they had to win to stay alive. And Capitals come back, tie the game at 3. And you're just, like, kind of how the season was going. Like, not, they could just never keep a lead. They just kept ripping your heart out, and you're like, this is yeah. unbelievable. Like, they're probably going to lose this game and be, like, basically done. Um, and with, like, a minute 20 left, Anthony Mantha's, like, coming out of the capital zone. And just, I don't know what he was thinking. His team was changing, and he tried to, like, stick handle through everyone. I know what you're saying. I remember this and now. And Malkin stripped the puck yeah. off him and comes right in right wing and just buries it. And they, and they won with, like, a minute and 20 seconds left. And, like, that moment – and Borky said the same thing. Like, there's been a lot of great moments at PPG, like – Think about like Chris Kunitz double overtime goal to go to the final, that. like the Benino goal to eliminate Washington. That was one of the loudest, definitely the loudest since those runs that I've heard that building. Like wow. that was unbelievable how loud it was. And you could feel like the like everyone was just like, finally, they've broken through here. Obviously, we know what happened a couple yeah. weeks later, but like <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. But uh, in that moment, like it was unreal. And the camera like reaction shot, like I'm like, Borky's <laughs> <laughs> like, like going nuts and everything. And That's so like awesome. it, was, it was great. But uh, that would probably be number two. Number three was last year. Uh, first game of the Rangers series. Okay. MSG, Stanley Cup playoffs, triple <laughs> OT. And Penguins won. Evgeny Malkin again with the redirect. And that was a game where so Jari was hurt. Casey DeSmith starts the game, played really well, and then had cramps in, like, the second overtime and just pulls himself from the game. Like, nobody knew what was going on. He and sold the bag. <laughs> we <laughs> were like, what? Like, I remember we went to a commercial break because, like, they took, like, one TV timeout in overtime. And so, like, we're, we're at, like, the midway point of the second overtime. He leaves. I look over at Borky. I'm like, dude, you've been in this game for how long? Like, 35 years? Have you ever? And he's like, nope. Never seen anything like this. Like second string goalie leaves. Emergency goalie is Louis Domingue. Yeah, I remember who's sitting this. There. Like we could see. So MSG is awesome, like for a lot of reasons. But you have a great view of the uh, Zamboni tunnel, which is where the backup goalie sits because there's not enough room on the bench. He's sitting on like a bar stool for the entire game. Yeah. So, so his just, back is messed up. Oh, yeah, right. He's not ready for that game. And, right? you're, and you're like, all right, dude, biggest game of the Double season. Double OT. Double OT. <laughs> like everyone else is exhausted, but they're all fresh in a way. Like they're loosened up. Right. Just jump in there. Dude stops 17 shots. Yeah. 
and Penguins win in triple overtime. And that game was was awesome because they won. And then we went out in New York after and had a good time. But like it was, I mean, obviously they lost the series, and that was the downside to it. But like that, that's definitely up there for me because like that was two games in one. It was triple overtime. Yeah. yeah. And they're twenty minute OTs in the playoffs. <laughs> And it was, you know, New York City, like world's most famous arena against the Rangers. Like that was just, that was definitely one of the cooler moments. I remember that game. And honestly, dude, you telling these stories, I can just feel your like passion for what you do. You actually gave me goosebumps Man. on the first uh, story. And the reason I got goosebumps because was, I was thinking about how excited you are when you were like talking about Sid yeah. and maybe this is the last time or, you know, whatever the situation was. But <laughs> you're going to get to call. The last time Sid's a pen, the last time Gino's a pen, yeah. the last time all these guys wow. are. Like, do you think about the weight of that? Uh, yeah. I don't I, mean to put that on you. No, no I, but, dude, I, wait. Dude, I, I, think that, I think that if you don't think about that, you're not really doing service to these guys' impact. Right. Like, these guys change. I mean, Mario changed it, let's be real. But, like, for, the, for our generation of yeah. fans, these guys changed it. Yeah. Like, Praying we get another one. <laughs> yeah. Me too, man, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but, like, they, like these guys are, are the faces of hockey, like, across the world, right. especially here in Pittsburgh. And you, can, you I don't take any game lightly, but, like, I always say, like, I'd say this to all the time to people, like, there is a moment every game. Now, Gino has his moments a lot, too. Chris Letang went through a, a hell of a year this year yeah. with his dad dying and having a stroke and everything. So, like, he didn't have as many of those, like, crazy moments. But, Sid, it's like – Every game, he does something where you're just like, dude, like this guy is how we're never going to see another guy like Connor McDavid is unbelievable and he's in his own world right now. But I don't know, man, like, yeah, it's I just don't think you see the complete package that you have with Sidney Crosby across the league. And I don't know if you ever will. And that's the thing. So here's my question to that is like everybody always talks about passing the torch, right? There was MJ, then there's LeBron, yeah. right? You know what I mean? So when you think of passing yeah, the you torch. You Kobe. But. Sorry, Kobe Bryant. Philly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Philly boy, I can't, I cannot say it. But um, ultimately, man, it's like there's always a torch to be passed, right? Some people believe that uh, Tom Brady passed it to Patrick Mahomes, yeah. right? So with the NHL, who do you think the next up is? Because everybody knows Crosby. Yeah. Everybody knows Crosby. There's yeah. not a single person you'll meet in this entire country that will not <laughs> say they don't know right. Sidney Crosby. So, like... Who do you think the next torch is going to be passed to? I mean, I think it's, I think it's there. I think it, the torch as far as the best player is Connor McDavid. Okay. Like, there's just no arguing it. The guy is just a freak. Like, so we only see him two times a year when mm-hmm. Edmonton plays the Penguins. But I'm, like, juiced for those games. Yeah. Like, I, the, t- this year I remember we played them in, like, late February. And I was, like, walking to the rink, or walking into the rink, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, Connor McDavid. Here we go, here we go. Leon Dreisaitl, here we go. And then, like, 15 minutes later, it was, like, 8 nothing Oilers. And I'm like, all right, let's get this game the hell over with. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, you know, like, that, that, is, uh, that guy is unique. Like, he just – if you ever want to see something that looks literally like a video game in real life, that's him. Mm. I've never seen somebody skate like him with the puck on their stick, like, ever. He's that's that's unique. Sid's just so strong and so able to protect the puck, and he can move. But like Connor McDavid is just like leaps or heads and shoulders above so many other guys right now. Like right. he is the clear cut best player in the game. But there's a difference between the best player in the game and the most accomplished player in the game. Mm. And you know he's got the personal trophies. Like he's going to win another MVP this year. But Sid's got the cups. Sid's got the gold medals. Sid's got the World Cup of Hockey. He's got the World Junior. Like, no one's got gonna match his trophy case. Like, I don't know. Like Connor McDavid's like mid twenties now. Like, 
Sid had won already in 2009 at this point. Yeah. So, like, he'd already had his cup. So, like, these kind of things, when you encompass it all to who the quote-unquote GOAT is or who the best player is, like, it's definitely Connor as far as player, but package, it's still Sid. See, that's how they feel about MJ and, and LeBron. <laughs> LeBron's the best athlete you've ever seen on the court. Yep. But in retrospect, in terms of we're talking about championships yeah. here. It's, it's a win in business, man. And yeah. it's, and not saying that he's still not great. Connor McDavid sounds like he's incredible. He is incredible. <laughs> I didn't know his name all like that. I knew Sidney Crosby, and I didn't even like hockey right. when I was a kid. But, yeah. hey, all I'm saying is trophies talk. Yeah, and he might get those cups. Like, I'm not saying Edmonton's got a good team. Like, he might still win those Stanley Cups, but he hasn't yet. And until he does, like, you can have an unbelievable singular career. Like, that was what Ovechkin was trending towards. Right. But then he had he – they eliminated the Penguins in 18, and he got that cup. And, like – I mean, as may, maybe it'll piss Penguins fans off, but, like, good for him. Like, right. he's the greatest goal. He potentially, when he retires, is going to be the greatest goal scorer in the history of the game. He should have a Stanley Cup. Right. And he's got one. So, like, that, that's, that's important. That's but how matters. many does Sidney have? Man, from I what I know. Say it with me. Not two. Not two. LeBron. Give me three. reference. Give me three. That's all I got to say is three. Connor, how, many, how many does Connor McDavid have? Zip. Oof. Damn. Now, I don't know if we'll end up with you on the show one day, but right now, buddy, I know zero's not as good as three. <laughs> uh, he, but he's, he, you know, it might happen for yeah. him. It just hasn't yet. Man, yeah. oh, man. Oh, cool, man. Um, I mean, I, this, I can feel like I can talk to you forever. Is, is there something that you would maybe want to say to somebody? Like, what would you want someone to say to yourself? Um, you know, maybe coming up, you're like, love sports. You want to be involved in sports someday, but you have no idea how. Like, what's a good way to test out and see if broadcasting would be good for you? I mean, I think it, there's so today's media climate has evolved so much. Like, you have podcasts. This is a form of broadcasting. Like, you have you know radio, you have TV, you have um, journalists, like journalistic types of avenues now, like the Athletic and like some of these online print companies that weren't around when we were younger and like getting involved in right. stuff. But um, to me, I just say like the one thing that I've always subscribed to is like I never believed that if I had an opportunity that I was not going to take advantage of it. Mm. Like I was just like, I've always said this. My wife like laughs at me at times. I'm like, just let me in the room. Just <laughs> let me in the room and I'll do the rest. I love that. Like yeah. I believe in my abilities. And I'm not saying that from a cocky it's mindset. I'm just like, I really well, you feel You have like, to feel that way. Yeah, like you have to believe in yourself. Like there's, there's a difference between believing in yourself and being cocky. And I'm, I'm not someone who's going to walk in and try to like swing it and, and act like I'm the coolest guy right. in the room. But like if you give me the opportunity... I'm hoping that you'll come away saying, damn, that guy did a good job. Like, that's all I'm looking for. Mm. So, like, I would say if you're somebody who's going into this line of work, like, you got to believe that you can do it, one. And you got to believe that when you get the opportunity, because you don't know how that's going to come. Like, for me, when I started at Ithaca, my first game was women's field hockey. I never, I don't even watch field hockey. I mean, maybe I did in high school for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I, you know, I, I never watched field hockey in my life before I went to college. Right. And, and I never called it. But I dove in and I'm like, I'm going to do a good job at this. Like, I'm going to figure this out. And I didn't. But, like, it's all about what you're thinking between your ears because that goes such a long way to how you perform when you get those opportunities. 100%. And, you know, I would say that there's also never a bad opportunity. That's the other thing. Like, I think I talk to a lot of kids now. When, and, like, kids in college, kids in high school, they'll reach out to me for advice. And I say, like, two things to them. I'm like, some of them, most of them are Pittsburgh area kids. And I'm like, all right, let me run down a couple names for you. Like, you know who Stan Savern is? 
They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, he's from Cleveland. You know who Dan Potash is? Yeah. Okay, he's from San Diego. Like, you know who Mike Lang is? Yeah, he's, he's from Sacramento, California. Like, these people moved for mm -hmm. opportunities. They came to find opportunities. Like, they didn't sit stagnant. They didn't, uh, like, just kind of settle with where they were. They kept pushing themselves forward. And look what they ended up being. Like, yeah. the best in their profession. And, and in this city, like, very... I mean, Mike's case and Stan's case, legends. In Dan's case, in his own mind, a legend. I love Dan, though. He's the man. Um, but, but uh, like, so, you know, that, that's one thing I always tell them is, like, you got to be comfortable stepping out of your comfort zone. Right. And the other thing is, like, there's no one path. I think, and I, like, when I talk to people in broadcasting, especially, like, younger guys growing up, it is, I feel like I'm a pretty good example that there's this assumed thought in hockey especially that, like, okay, if I want to broadcast in the NHL, I'm going to start in the ECHL, and then I'm going to move up to the American League, like a player, and then I'm going to move up to the NHL. Right. Like, that's very feasible and very possible, but I started in Elmira, New York, working as a sports anchor on TV for two years. Then I moved to Illinois and covered the Big Ten and the Fighting Illini for two and a half years, uh, and that was like football, basketball, but I always kept hockey stuff on the side. Like, I do fake broadcasts right. and send them out and stuff like that. And then the Penguins job opened up and that wasn't play by play when it opened up. It was right. more hosting, which is more what I was doing at the time. And I kind of just put my stuff together and was like, hockey's my passion. This is just what I've been doing. And I sold myself on it. And then this is kind of translated, translated to what I'm doing now. Wow. So like, there's no one path. And I feel like people need to be really, um, really need to ingrain that in their minds because I think in our society, like people are told like, this is how you do things and this is right. how you progress. Like there's no way to do things. Like everyone can do it their own way and there's no reason to say that you won't end up where you want to be at the end of it. Mm. I love that. So that's good. So man. I look at it. That's good stuff. You got mm -hmm. anything else? For nah, he got me off guard. I'm over here like, man, that is some <laughs> great advice. I could use I that. I thing. So. follow that up. You know what I did want to do? Yeah. So at, at the beginning of every episode, okay, we yeah. do like, we usually try to find like a clip and oh, then, man. like, put it at the beginning. Okay. Can you, like, bring us into the podcast as if you were, like, welcoming a radio Ooh, into yeah. the Penguins? Yeah, like, I want to hear this. Welcome to the Athletic Aesthetic Podcast. Give me, like, all right, you're hired for the gig right now. <laughs> you got to welcome the audience. And right. that'll, that, right. that, this will be what they first right hear yeah. when they turn the episode on. Am I looking into the camera yeah, here? Yeah, directly so. into right. the we'll, camera. We'll, we'll, we'll just sit can... here and just... See if I can do my... Uh, I should do, we should look in with him. Do you need can... us to come back from a commercial break? <laughs> no, no. I'll just see if I can do my... Uh, I'll do what I do for the Penguins radio. All okay. Right? Athletic Aesthetic Podcast? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, don't get mad if you mess up. I mess up every time. Okay. <laughs> like, there's not a time I have not messed up yet. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay. All right. It is time for the Athletic Aesthetic Podcast here tonight from Suite 812 inside the Diamond Building alongside Trey and Vinny. I'm Josh Getzoff. Dude, that go. was hey. a remarkable. That's it. There you go. Cut the camera. <laughs> hey. hey, that was great, hey, man. Thanks, hey, that bro. was great. Bro. This was great, man. Thanks for coming. Awesome. This was amazing. Yeah.